everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, today's episode is a continuation episode uh, from the last one. So today, Phụng Nguyên and I want to invite you guys into this discussion with us as we chat more about women's roles or women's images in the entertainment industry, um, social medias, and also what we can do to be more engaged in this conversation on a more daily basis. So come on in and join the conversation with us. great transition to talk about feminism mm-hmm. um, how would you define feminism um well i to me feminism yeah is the right for woman to choose and decide what she wants to do with her life and not being pressured into doing things um from society or from the opposite gender Um, the right for the equality right for women to work to vote and to uh, treat her body uh, the way that she wants to do as a man would have that right as well so feminism um, it's essentially we're fighting for women's rights and it's something that you know um, I don't know if you're, you're you guys are on you know feminism TikTok, but that's what I'm on most of the time. And um, I think TikTok really taught me a lot about, you know, what, there's some things that I just didn't realize before, like how, like what kind of rights do women have? Um, and then there's some hidden biases towards women that I don't really like debunk most of the time until, mm-hmm. you know, t- TikTok kind of brought it up and then I was like, oh, you know what, that's, that's true. Um, why do we have, women have to be like that kind of thing? Then we can go into specifics. I'm trying to think of cases. Um, I feel like to me, feminism, and this is something I learned over time as well, because I never thought of this topic, or we never actually talked about this when we were in Vietnam, or mm-hmm. back in the day, it was not even a thing. So to me, feminism is the effort to bring forward the right for women to actually say things and be heard. Mm-hmm and really be considered equally as men mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. at work at home we should not like you said we should not be expected to do things by societies or by the other genders mm-hmm. we can talk about johnny depp and amber heard amber heard's case that's one of the cases where they use um feminism as a an excuse for mm-hmm. um for her i don't know she was because i i think amber heard was like oh i'm Um, your guys are setting a woman 10 steps backward because you're letting a yeah. man get away but then all the evidence is pointing towards her being the abuser so it's like some people just use oh man I love feminine. to talk about Johnny Depp and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I have a counter argument too I don't want people to feel like Johnny Depp is not at fault here as well mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like I don't want it to be too easy to go to woman as a um, manipulative evil bitch right away mm-hmm. um, and forget the fact that Johnny Depp actually plays a part in this too he also a trigger in this manipulative relationship as well yeah. but I think I feel like when we make it a, a case of um, between men and women it's kind of taking it away from the whole case is about the abuse and the abuser mm-hmm. so both people were at some point abused each other correct yes but Amber Heard were I think she was the main like 
I don't want to say that the main person who abused the other person, but well, the evidence kind of like pointing towards her being mostly the abused person. Mm -hmm. Um, I do see the point, but we shouldn't use the case as uh, you know, like a, a case that kind of support conservative Yeah, thinking. like, just, we shouldn't generalize this, yeah. this person for the whole gender. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we using this case with so many things? It's just like, basic, essentially, this case is about abuse and abusers. So just stick with that. Yeah. But anyway, we're getting off. <laughs> generations it has been because it has been on social media has been more vocal it's just more accessible for younger generations right and then for um, since you're an artist and since you very vocal and you're like about supporting women do you want to share about the work that you've done things that you've been supporting Mm -hmm. Um, so over uh, the pandemic I had a lot of free time on hand um, and that's when I started to explore um, illustration and created, creating artwork that kind of um, highlight women, but also specifically Asian women. So I really do work that explore, you know, different identities um, in Asia. So from ranging from East Asian women to South Asian women to Southeast Asian women, um, because there's really that misconception that some people think that Asia is just a country. <laughs> so when people think of Asia, they just like think of Korean and Japanese, but they don't really um, shed, you know, like shed some lights on, because um, like Indian women or even like Vietnamese women, we don't really mm-hmm. get the spotlight. So over the pandemic, I really focused my time on um, bringing that beauty out. And so, you know, part- participating in conversation really bring the goods out of um really what bring the goods no i'm not bring the goods out but talking participating in conversation um will help a lot of people you know talk about the things that they really want to talk about because when i posted um artwork about asians uh specifically the asian celebration artwork where i kind of like bringing spotlights to different part of asia a lot of people commented on that post and said that you know they appreciate the presentation representation because mm-hmm. not a lot of people do that in the U.S. And I think that's when the Netflix show, um, what's that Netflix show again? That um, there's the Indian woman that was like being the spotlight of the show. What's the show? Bridgerton. Oh, oh Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, so when, yeah, Bridgerton was really like loved by a lot of South Asian women because not a lot of show kind of like highlight. Their you know dark skin, um, their features and all that. So it's very inspiring to see mm-hmm. like, those kind of examples. And I I think it's very important that you know we represent. It was an example for how you can be or take role within mm-hmm. the conversation. Like you don't have to be very vocal, like writing up, doing podcasts or YouTube mm-hmm. or trying to be like that great great person on social media or in PR. Right? You just need to do what you like and actually do that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's as simple as... I think media plays a lot of uh, role in it, too. And and I appreciate that the media nowadays have more representation of women in, like, film or movies. Recently, the Everything, Everywhere, All at Once movie, <laughs> you have a main character that is a Asian lady and a, a little bit older, too. 
So seeing that is just very empowering, and and even <laughs> you can the the little thing that you can do is maybe to advertise about the movie to your friends, and then they will go see mm-hmm. it. <laughs> that by mm-hmm. itself will already help spread that representation of like strong Asian woman, mm-hmm. um, yeah, in the community. There was a funny story because I've I've told Fulton about this, but at work one of the status meetings that we had, there was a question about um, if you. Could do a movie about yourself. Mm-hmm. Who would you choose to play your role? And I was completely blank on the actresses' names, like Asian actresses' names. Oh, like I couldn't even think of a name, and that just told me how much it has been underrepresented on social. I mean, not social media, but <laughs> in media as a whole, like in movies, shows. Mm-hmm. We have not had enough of them. Mm-hmm. Like we have not had enough of not only Asian representation, but. Asian female representation because if you think of Asian men, maybe mm-hmm. Bruce Lee or um, who was that guy? It was like Jackie Chan, the guy in Sang Chi. I mean, even Asian men, we just start having that recently too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Asian women even more rare. So. And that is just like a very positive way. That is something I want to bring up as well. It's just you can choose to do so much to talk about feminism and bring up the topic, but you can also choose between a positive and a negative way, like trying to bring up the good side, doing with a good intention and good purpose, instead of trying to blaming and like really talk bash bashing about other people just to make your point heard. It's just different ways to approach it, but. Mm. Really, depending on how you choose to do it. So one way is to participate in conversation, um, take action to support a woman. But you bring up a good point about you know we women have to support each other. Mm-hmm. So that really involved in like day to day kind of activities. So when you see um, a woman kind of struggle in her life, it's always good to support them. Um, and then there are some women who who struggle, but they don't know what they're struggling with. It's always good to have an, a friend who kind of like shed the lights on what they're missing and what can be fixed, um, so their life can you know flourish mm-hmm. and all that. Because you know we cannot assume that all women know what is the problem. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they're in a relationship and they're very you know depressed about their relationship, but they don't know what is wrong about it. And when you go to Reddit, you go on TikTok, and then there's other women kind of like not teaching them, but like kind of like shed the lights on different topics that. As women, sometimes fail to recognize, mm-hmm. um, and when you recognize those kind of flaws um, in the relationship or like flaws in how men treat women, I feel like women get to you know make a decision on how what they can do to be happier. Because mm-hmm. when you when you don't recognize those flaws, you essentially just stack in and just like stay in a relationship just because you're in a relationship. I just go deeper into relationship, but you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that the media usually portray women as like mean girls, or even for I guess Asian media, you used to have like a a king with a bunch of um, wives, and they all have to fight with each other to get the king's attention. <laughs> What's <Yeah>. that called? <laughs> concubines or a concubine? Concubines. Concubines. So, so like yo. Okay. Oh. oh, so so, yeah. so I, I I do think that 
I th- a lot of the time women growing up feel like they have to fight with each other and be mean to each other, dramatic to each other. I think, but mm-hmm. but I think I think I've seen that change recently. I think just simple things like women complimenting each other yeah. um, will, will empower each other too. I, I think men complimenting women, meh. I think mm-hmm. women complimenting women is, is the thing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if we, it's just normal things like, oh, you look great today, you uh, you look so strong, so powerful today, things like that. I Just bring each other up and yeah. empowering each mm-hmm. other in daily lives. Um, yeah, together, you will be strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you feel like you have to do something big to support the movement? I think it's a wrong notion. It's really start from like small mm-hmm. uh, day-to-day action that can bring women up. So yeah, yeah. So I have a question for y'all. So you know, like have feminism, we have like push women to be a successful um, professional. Have a successful career um, doesn't have so be independent you know all that make money for yourself kind of thing but there's you know we sometimes feel to recognize that there are women who just want to stay at home um, have a family build a, a beautiful family kind of thing so what do you feel about like have you ever not how, what do you feel but have you ever find yourself in a situation where you kind of like not sure how to support friends who want to stay at home Oh, that actually brings up a pretty good point. So I have the the friend that I brought up at the beginning of the podcast. She grew up in a matriarchy environment where she always uh, thinks that she'll be the lead of the family, career-oriented and all that. She got a PhD in engineering and she went out on the workforce and been moving up pretty quick. Then uh, she she started having kids and she told us that she felt like she lost her identity at some point. She she felt more strongly um, connected to her kids and her instinct as a mom grows stronger and she she struggled to balance between career oriented or wanting to stay at home with her kids. So recently she actually had a, a news of being pregnant with a third kid and she did a lot of thinking and finally made a hard decision to stop her career to actually stay at home. And she, she's she a manager, engineer manager at work now. And just just listen to that by, like the, the, the moment that I heard the news, I, I was already very proud of her. And just listening to her tell us about um, how she would want to spend more time right now um, to enjoy the pregnancy and actually connect more with her kids, even though a little part of her still feel like she's wanted to move up in the career, but the other part is stronger. I just feel so empowered by it. I feel inspired by it. And I feel like I almost shed tears just because um, it's such a beautiful thing that she gets to do what she wants to do mm-hmm. and just decide what she wants to do with her life and not being um, pressured by any family or society to do anything. But sadly enough, when she was telling that to us, she was tearing up a little bit because um, some of the people at work actually came to her, uh, men specifically, saying that, you, sh- you should have stayed more, um, stayed a bit longer. You should have tried to handle the pressure a bit better. We, we would have given you more opportunity to move up uh, faster. And that that made her um, a little bit sad inside, even though she was telling us that she knows that nobody cares. I, I don't care about what those people are saying because it's my life and I get to choose what to do. 
but the fact that they said it um, still made her feel a little bit um, sad in, inside. Um, but that doesn't stop her from deciding what to do with her life. That's awesome. So I, I was so supportive of it. I was so proud of her. Um, almost made me want to tear up that she got to do that and she got to decide what she wanted to do with her life. So, And, and I think that's exactly what fem feminism is as mm -hmm. well. Just the ability to do what you want. Mm -hmm. Not having to be all out working and successful and strong and all that. You have you get to do whatever you want to do with your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some people mistaken and and think that, you know, they have to support I mean, yeah, I wanna I wanna wrap up your um example because I feel like a lot of women a lot of feminists think that in order to support the movement they have to push other women to do what other feminists are doing. So essentially, you have to climb up the social ladder, be successful, have money, and then have kids later in life. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really not the case, right? Mm -hmm. So women should be able to do whatever they want without having other people's opinion weighing on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very great example. I do have one more question. So, what do you think about this, the beauty standards um, and expectation of Asian women in oh. Asia versus here in the United States? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think beauty standards for Asian women in Asia, I, I, I guess in the past used to be more conservative. Um, call it Yu Yang, Nam <laughs> Tham. Um, so, I think w women in Asia are supposed to be classy, know how to act, uh, dress in a classy way. Um, but in in the U.S., I don't know. I feel like the beauty standard in the U.S. has more range than mm. what it is in Asia. But there are still commonalities. I think women are supposed to still be skinny <laughs> to actually fit into the beauty mold um, though I think in the US there are more um, I think there are more revolutions now to actually change the idea in Asia I feel like it's, it's actually moving a little bit slower mm -hmm. I feel like in Asia you still expect it to be skinny to be a smaller size um, to actually be in that beauty category mm -hmm. even though i think the the clothing the dressing is more open now in asia people can dress more differently uh, than what they used to have to do before more conservatively i think asia women now are allowed to dress a bit more openly though the um, the sizing standard i think still stay pretty much the same yeah this is interesting because when i think of asian beauty standards i, I don't know why i go, immediately go to korean mm. um celebrities and you know like they're the way they dress and the way they appear um, to the crowd. So when I think of Asian standards, I would think of, you know, you have to have fair skins, long hair, um, petite. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think those are like the three main beauty mm -hmm. standards. And then back then, I feel like in Korean um, K-pop, mm -hmm. like when you look at the uh, music video or like performances, they would wear clothing that are more revealing instead mm -hmm. of conservative mm -hmm. but you know but those kind of um costumes or like those kind of like styles often being sexualized by men so it's kind of like 
so the, I guess there's two um, I think that's like the the celebrity uh-huh. standard and the normal people standard that's right? true mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but I, I do think that the celebrity standard and the media standard for Asian women play a very important role of how other men actually mm-hmm. see Asian women mm-hmm. like K-pop they wear very revealing clothes uh, they act sexy also Japanese anime I don't know if you guys know <laughs> it's crazy oh my god the woman, the the girls in Japanese anime, they speak like very <laughs> quiet in a very sex, sexual way, and they're usually very skinny. So that definitely, uh, yeah, m- promote <laughs> men sexualizing Asian women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it kind of play a role. I don't know if um, I'm not sure if it applies to other women in Asia, but maybe maybe you know culture. I know some people Sam's my age kind of looked up to Korean actor and actresses like the way they dress the way they look um, but now I feel like in Korean um, in Korean like showbiz no not showbiz what's another word for sh- do we have showbiz in, is showbiz a word in English yeah oh, so in Korean showbiz um, they instead of wearing like more re- revealing clothes I think they're moving towards the classy style so mm-hmm. if you pay attention to the K-drama mm. they don't really wear like t-shirt and shorts anymore like back then now they're wearing like coats and yeah, fancy yeah. clothes and things that honestly not a lot of people can afford they're yeah, changing with time for sure yeah, yeah. like I think even to anyone to anyone to mm. anyone to anyone yeah yeah I think they started kind of moving away from that mm-hmm. sexualized um, yeah K-pop girl band yeah be more like uh, hip-hop and normal mm. clothing yeah um, so definitely changing with, with um, the time I think I think Gen Z plays an important role as well mm. in changing the media because I think the the fact that Gen Z is more vocal, they they can also creative, they create creative content on their own, and that I think put a lot of pressure on on media to follow that trend, uh, that creative content change that Gen Z actually created, mm-hmm. uh, or else they would be outdated. They would be outdated. Mm-hmm. So I I for millennial we talk about it but we don't I guess we just don't have the means to create a lot of content and pressure on the social media as much as all media as much as generation z is doing so I really appreciate what the younger kids are doing for me (laughs) (laughs) but that's an interesting point because it for us millennials, it seems like we live up to the standard, but then for Gen Z, they're actually creating their own standard by being very expressive about mm-hmm. yeah. their own style. Yeah. Because now Gen Z really not, you know, they're not dressing up for, uh, that satisfied societal norms. They're dressing up because they want to dress up that way. Mm-hmm. It kind of make me think of the male gaze versus female gaze. Um, Trends recently, so if you think if you know about male gaze, it's really about how it refers to how women are depicted in the world, specifically in media, like um, kind of like generally hypersexual and treat you know female characters as like objects for the male protagonist. Um, but that's like fifty years ago, right? Now we have female gaze, um, and now female gaze we dress up that kind of like subverts the traditional male dominant mm-hmm. viewpoints. Um, now we wear clothes because we want to satisfy the, our own um, creative expression. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we don't want to dress up to be objectified, right? We are more, um, how do I put it? 
we serve ourselves, we serve women, mm -hmm. we serve all genders. Mm -hmm. We don't really just serve men. One good example of um, male gaze is um, the movie Suicide, Suicide Squad mm. um, and the car character Holly Quinn, you know, like how she was dressed up super sexy, super revealing. Um, but if you look at the other show, it's called Birds of Prey, mm. Harley Quinn. Um, it is also about Harley Quinn, but this one was directed by Kathy Yan, which yeah. is a Chinese-born American woman. And in that show, she still have that same character, but she doesn't wear the same Rubin mm -hmm. clothing like the Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. Um, so you can say that Suicide Squad is more like for male gaze, mm -hmm. and then Bird of, Birds of Prey is for female gaze. That's the mm -hmm. best example I can give you. Interesting. And even on TikTok, like, you will see more... Um, content about how you know like women Catholic showing women how to wear clothing that it's more you know kind of like aligning with their creative expression so whether it can be like wearing a full-blown suit or wearing something like super vibrant bold and doesn't necessarily to please the male viewer it's mm. always it's about pleasing yourself so can women not dress for male pleasure then it depends if I mean, can you clarify your question though? Well, I guess, what if there are a woman that wants to impress men and want to dress? Um... So that's woman decision mm -hmm. to wear what they want, right? So mm -hmm. I guess it's not really... Because when, when we talk about male gaze, it's more like, you know, how media, they would dress up women just so the male can mm. sat satisfy their eyes from looking at it. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's not really about women dressing all sexy to impress men. I don't think it's about that. I think if the woman want to do that, that's totally fine. Mm. It's her decision. But if the media is doing it for the audience, the male audience, um. I'm kind of like objectifying women. I think it's a different matter. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's like a line there, I think. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Feels like male gaze shouldn't even exist. <laughs> and, then, and female gaze is basically woman dressing to what they want to do yeah. mm -hmm. either to please male or female mm -hmm. yeah but they have to please themselves first mm -hmm. yeah to satisfy their own yeah and I think I think the fact that Gen Z is creating a lot of these trend I think social media this is like a positive um, aspect of social media right social media does help a lot in uh, creating more spread of these trend um, then before we have more social media we have more creative content TikTok, Instagram that spread these trends even more than what Millennial was able to do before which will then put the pressure on on the media industry to actually conform to these uh, trends mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's something good that social media is providing <laughs> to us <laughs> to sum up our takeaways essentially women can do whatever they want um, it's not up to the men it's not up to the government it's not up to anyone it's up to them making decisions that's good for them benefits them um, and it doesn't really it's not about men at all mm -hmm. 
and 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 there are differences between men and women doesn't mean that one is worse than the others mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean that one is weakness and the other is, is strength i think just recognize those uh differences and and just use it to to benefit yourself and, and others to your advantage as well um and be informed be educated know about yourself know about others mm-hmm. and make your decision wisely and i think know know your worth as well mm-hmm. by your own worth yeah amen Thank you a lot for being on this journey with us together through the last two episodes. Um, as you guys can tell, we are very passionate about this topic. So we are very happy to be able to share our thoughts with you. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. And we hope to have more conversations around topics like this in the future. So see you in the next episode. Goodbye.